everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 85, and I'm talking with Jen Begum. Jen has been easily one of the most requested guests for the show. Jen is the mom of three. She's a super speedy runner. She has a 115 half marathon PR, and right now she's training for the Philly Marathon to qualify for the Olympic trials. In this episode, we talk all things training, running, growing up with a super fast family of runners, and we also talk about all kinds of other fun stuff, including family traditions, and I sort of kind of invited myself on Jen's family, upcoming family vacation, so no big deal. Hey, I wanted to let you guys know that the live show recording is available to all Patreon supporters. All of my future live shows will be available on my Patreon page. So come in person and see them or support on Patreon and you can get access to them. If you go to patreon.com slash lindsayhine, you get access to that and then you get access to all kinds of other fun bonus episodes like conversations with returning guests Laura Anderson, Claire Dietrich, Ashley Fizzerati, Ali Feller, Erica Sarah. Who am I forgetting? There's a bonus episode with my sister Erica. There's tons of bonus episodes with Glenn. And supporting on Patreon is one of the ways you can support the production behind this podcast. So if you're interested in checking it out and here in the live show, go to patreon.com slash Lindsay Heim. All right, guys, I want to thank one of our sponsors for this episode, and that is Generation You Can. I love that we are back in a partnership with Generation You Can. Generation You Can is a great fueling product. It helps keep your blood sugar stable. And the key is steady energy, right? It is long-lasting steady energy without sugar. It is a slow-burning fuel, no sugar spikes or crashes. You know who uses Generation You Can? Meb. Meb Kaplesky, you guys. Come on. If Meb uses it, then I think we all should be using it. You guys can save 15% off your next order if you go to generationyoucan.com slash another and use the promo code another all caps to get 15% off your next order. All right, you guys, enjoy my conversation with Jen. Okay, so everybody, we're talking with Jen Bigum today. Did I say your last name right? You did. Perfect. You were great. Everyone says Bingham or Brigham or something. Bigum, it is. Awesome. Well, that's that's good because actually in my head, I think before I would always say Bingham in my head. Oh, yeah. No, my mom, like we knew my husband long before my husband and I dated or got married, obviously. And my mom like could not pronounce the name. She's like, that Brigham, that Jeff Bingham is so cute. I'm like, Bigum. And she's like, Bingum. I'm like, Bigum, mom. It is Bigum. It's, there's no end. There's no anything. It's Bigum. So yeah. And that's going to be my Even last my name mom. one day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So get used to it. You know, little did she know. Yeah. What's your maiden name? Ordway, which is also kind of weird, but also just like it, just like it's spelled O-R-D-W-A-Y. Okay. So. And you come from a family of like super speedy runners, like everybody's fast, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. My, actually my sister doesn't run at all anymore, but she, I would say has the most natural talent. Um, she just like, I don't know, from the time she was really little, she was really fast. Like, okay, here's a good example when I was going into ninth grade, I was like training by then I had been training for like two years, like 20 or 30 miles a week, nothing crazy. And she was going into fifth grade. And right before the school year started, we both ran a 5k. And I'm like running, running, running. And at mile two, 
who comes by me yelling, hey, sissy, and goes and sprints to the finish, beats me, never training a day in her life, like literally nothing, and she beat me in a 5K. Okay, and how much older are you than her? Four years. So she was still in elementary school, and I was going into high school. Okay. (laughs) Okay, and you come from a big family. How many siblings are there? So there are four of us. We're all J names, Joshua, Jennifer, Jessica, Jason. Okay. So I'm the second. You're the second to oldest. Mm-hmm. So it goes, does it go boy, girl, boy, boy girl, 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 boy, girl, girl, boy, mm-hmm. boy, girl, girl, boy. Okay. Now give everybody the rundown of that though. Um, because you know, it's funny because I started this podcast, but like years before when everybody was blogging and stuff, I kind of knew who you were and you know, everybody kind of yeah. gets to know each other in this world. Um, yeah. So I remember your story from that, but give everybody kind of like the rundown of like, is, wasn't your dad a really fast runner? Is that kind of? Yeah. Yeah. So my dad was a, like a high school cross country runner and then he stopped. But once he had kids, which is funny, kind of like me, he started running again and he was pretty much the only person who ran in my village. So I grew up in a village, like very small rural Ohio, um, not even big enough to be a town. And there were these three villages that went to the same school that was kindergarten through 12th grade. And um, we had like 700 in the whole school, kindergarten through 12th grade. So very small. And my dad like ran all over and, you know, did well at all the um, local races and everyone just kind of knew him as like, I mean, maybe not crazy, but like a little crazy for running all around town because no one did that. So I don't know. Like no one ever told us to run, but when my older brother got into seventh grade, he just joined cross country and he was good. Um, and then I joined, then we all just did that. We didn't really run before then, but it was just like this thing. Like, of course I would run. Like that sounds like fun. Uh, so yeah, I ran in like middle school and did pretty well against, you know, the middle, other middle (laughs) schoolers. I think I like would win or almost always win these little middle school races and, um, went to high school and got like injured a lot. Um, but still did pretty well, uh, you know, like made it to state. I think I got sixth at state one year. That's fast. Um, that's like, that's yeah. like the real deal. I feel like I remember in high school cross country, it was like the girls that were in like the top 15. I was like, oh, you're like something special. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you. I had a lot of like racing anxiety too. So, um, I, I never felt like I really reached my potential because I just would get so nervous and like so psyched out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my brother, like one state. So my older brother was a year older than me and he came before me. He was like winning state. He had all these scholarship opportunities, ended up going to Princeton. Um, and then I came along, did not do as well as him, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, I still did well, but you know, like he was super fast. Yeah. And then my sister came and like did amazing, um, you know, from the time she started and my younger brother as well. So yeah, we all like ran all throughout those years. And then we all ran in college. So my older brother ran at Princeton, like I said, and that's how I met my husband. Actually, they both ran at Princeton. Uh, Yeah. So we're both from Ohio, but we didn't even know each other. We know similar people, um, but we grew up three hours away. So we never came in contact with each other in high school. Okay. So tell me the story. He was your brother's college (laughs) teammate. 
Yeah. And so since they were both from Ohio and they were both on the team, that's how they met. And so my husband had a car at college, but my brother didn't. So when my husband would come back, well, you know, he obviously was not my husband then, but when he would come back um, to Ohio, he would just offer my brother a ride to Ohio. And then my parents would like, you know, drive to whatever rest stop, (laughs) you know, would be Jeff, my husband's Jeff. Um, and yeah, so my mom was like, that Jeff Brigham or Jeff Bingham <laughs> is so cute. I'm like, wow. Um, but I'm like, no, you know, like, you know, in college, you're like dating people. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, he was dating, I was dating. There, It wasn't even a thought that we would get together. But um, but yeah, so great thing that my older brother chose, you know, to go to Princeton because that's how I don't think Jeff and I would have ever met. I don't know how we would have. Um, but then how did it turn so, into like, oh, actually, maybe we should date? Like, how did that? Oh, yeah. Turn so I went to Ohio State and um, like my running was lackluster. I got injured a lot then. So um, but anyway, I I was at Ohio State and my brother, my older brother had moved to Ohio State, had actually moved in with me. And this is a, like weird to everyone, but not <laughs> to me. My brother actually shared a room with me. And we had bunk beds. Okay. <laughs> and because I already had a house with my girlfriends and then my brother like needed a place needed to a place. stay. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, we have bunk beds from, you know, our childhood. Like, let's just make rent cheaper, you know? So yeah. he moved in and um, my husband was in Seattle at the time at UW um, doing his, P- starting his PhD. And he came to visit my brother at Ohio State. Okay. Well, I was my brother's roommate, so my brother was like book book it, you know, like into the studying because my brother was trying to um, do some prereqs for med school, and so he's like, "Oh, what am I going to do to go out with you know when I go out with Jeff Bigum?" And I'm like, "Oh, I got this covered, you know." <laughs> like it was like my senior year of college. I just wanted to like party. I knew all the places to go, you know. So um, yeah, so I like opened up the door when uh, Jeff came, and I was like, "Ooh, boy, you are cute." Yeah. You okay? <laughs> and then yeah, like the rest is history. Like we hit it off, and we both just really liked each other. And I moved to Seattle four months later. Four months later, wow. So, okay, it was happening. Yeah, so, what did you go to school for? Um, exercise physiology. Okay, I feel yeah. like you come from a really smart family. Is your brother now? Your brother's a doctor. Yeah. So my brother, um, yeah, is a family physician in Dayton, Ohio, and so my parents didn't go to college. Um, okay. So we're the first generation to go to college. So kind of cool that we all went. And that is um, really cool. What did your parents do? M- both of my parents worked in factories. My mom is now retired. She worked at General Motors and my dad worked at General Motors, but kept getting laid off. So now he works at Johns Manville, which is just like another factory around where we live. Okay. Yeah. So my dad's like the safety director there. Um, he's still working and my mom is retired. Does your, mom, yeah, so does your mom I, run? No, she doesn't. My mom has had like a million health problems, actually. Um, she accidentally found out that she had thyroid cancer oh, when wow. she was like my age, younger than me, actually. Um, so she was fine after that. And then uh, she had breast cancer and she just had a lumpectomy uh, for that. Like, I mean, this was also before she was 40 and then she had uh, breast cancer came back. And so she had a double mastectomy. And when they, um, because she had had so much, this is like the saddest story. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. She's still living. So it's good. So it's good. um, Yeah. Okay. uh, 
Um, but before she, or she had had like too much radiation in her life because of all these other, um, you know, cancers that had come up, she did not have an option for like reconstruction. Mm. Um, other than this really strange thing, um, they actually take your abdominal muscles and that's what they make your chest out of. Okay. So she had that, but like now she can't do like a lot of things. And my mom is like a very like hard worker, tough person, won't let you do anything, moves furniture, like lifts heavier things than any guy in our family. You know, my mom is like tough woman and super athletic her whole life. And so it's been, I think like hard on her, like not supposed to lift over 25 pounds, you know, but she keeps doing it, you know, <laughs> and like breaking this piece of mesh that now covers her stomach. So anyway, she does not run, but she was super athletic. And yeah, so she could, I, she probably could have been a good runner. It's hard to say, like, I definitely think that my family, we have good genes. I work really hard as, I mean, we work really hard as well. I feel like I work the hardest. I feel like I have the worst genes in the family, but you know, who knows, but I don't know who we got it from because both of my parents were really athletic when they were younger. So, okay. So, um, yeah. college back. Okay. So back to college, um, you, oh, yeah, and, yeah. you and Jeff meet, you moved to Seattle and then what was going on with your running? Like after college, I mean, okay, so how yeah. old were you when you had your first baby? Oh, uh, 28. Okay. So I pretty much like, so I ran for the first two years of college, um, and like I went into college and like just did the training. We had a new coach um, came to Ohio State that year and he just like gave us training to do. And I like just followed the plan. Right. That's what you do. I thought. But I got there and he said, how much of the plan did you do? And I was like, all of it. What do you mean? Like, was it optional? <laughs> and he was just shocked. Like, oh my gosh. So I came in and I just went to Ohio State as a walk-on, not on scholarship. And I was the first girl on the team that year, which was really cool. So I was having this great trajectory and then a bunch of random things happened, injuries and, you know, leaving your family for the first time. Um, and then I actually like didn't do much. And then my second year, I, um, the steeplechase was offered in the NCAA for the first time. And so I did that and I got like eight that are, um, the big 10 conference. So that was cool. But then my coach left and it like took a big toll on me. So I was, um, like 20, I turned 20 that summer and I pretty much stopped doing things with the team. I got injured. I came back, but it was like never the same. I pretty much say I, I was on the roster for a while, but never competed again past my sophomore year. Okay. Um, so I, so when I met my husband, well, like, so I graduated college on the day I graduated, I got hit by a car when I was running. So I was running like a half hour a day easy, Okay. but I went out for like my normal route after graduation and a person just didn't stop at a stop sign. And so they hit me and I like rolled off the hood of the car oh my gosh, that's and like fell on the other side. Yeah. And the person just drove away. Like I <gasps> saw the look of fear in her eyes, but then she just drove she away. Drove like, uh -oh. away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really horrible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So I was pretty banged up for a while. I was only, um, like I didn't run for a while, but at the time, um, I was doing like physical therapy in a chiropractor's office. So I had like everything available to me, you know, anything like 
medically that I needed. I actually came away like no broken bones, just like major bruising and like spinal issues, hip issues, but everything could, I was very lucky, like everything could be fixed. And so I was like getting treated. And then I like met my husband that same, um, no, I met him like a few weeks after that. And so, uh, you know how you're just like dumb when you meet someone you really like. So I'm like, we should run a marathon together. <laughs> like never did it cross my mind to do that ever in my life. But I thought I was being like really cool. So we should run a marathon, even though I just got hit by a car and I'm like not running. So, um, I ran, we ran a marathon that December. So this was like June, July. Um, and I was just running like three days a week, but then like I did nothing. So, so my training just was like very, you know, 30 minutes, 30 minutes long run. And then I would run a marathon. So then eventually I like got healed and I would run whatever, but I pretty much for the next, like, from the time I was 20 till I had my daughter at 28, I pretty much just ran mostly 30 minutes a day. And occasionally I would do a long run and I would like run marathons sometimes because I don't even know why I have no idea why I kept running marathons. So sometimes I would, and they were pretty good, you know, but I wasn't really training for them. I was just like doing what I needed to do to needed to do to finish, you know, tell me what the times were. Give me some ideas. Okay, so my first marathon was Seattle in 2004, and I ran a 325, which was good, you know. Um, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That race, you know, I was like, I'm just way too optimistic. So I'm running, and I'm like, this is so easy. Like, I'm saying this out loud, which is so (laughs) We're at mile 15. I'm like, this is so easy. Why do people say the hills in Seattle are bad? This is amazing. I feel great. And then, like, at mile 18, I'm, like, dying so hard. And people are literally passing me, like, how are those hills now? Like, <laughs> anger, you know? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm such a fool. Uh, so I definitely stopped and walked. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like that was an awesome marathon. And um, I think I ran, like, five marathons before I had my daughter, Curry. And I my last one was Boston in 2009. And I ran... 314 there. Okay. Um, but even there, you weren't really like seriously training. You were no. just doing like easy running and throwing in your yeah. long runs. Um, and so then when did you decide, uh, I think I want to like train hard again and get real fast? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. When I was pregnant, I was like, we were in Seattle, but then we moved to Boston for six months. And so I wasn't going to work for six months anywhere. And I was pregnant. So I'm like, I just want to go to the library and read. You know, I don't want to um, get a job or whatever. So I started thinking like, what am I going to do when I have this baby? Do I want to work? Do I not want to work? And I decided I wanted to stay home at least for a while. And then I started thinking like, well, I don't want my kids to like, I mean, I think being a stay at home parent is awesome, but what's my daughter going to think someday, you know, that I like wasn't working. I don't know. I want her to know that I'm doing things like hard things, things of value. And even just staying home as a parent is like amazing and awesome. But I just thought I want her to know she can do anything she wants to do. Mm. And if there's something that I feel like I can keep doing well um, right now, I want to do that. You know, so maybe I should try to be a good runner. And I'm like so pregnant, you know, but (laughs) I feel like like you're kind of like a dreamer when you're pregnant. You're like, I can 
amazing things, you know, and I want to show my kids that I can be a really great athlete, you know, and maybe I can't, but like the pursuit of that is something, you know, I, I, so I just had that thought. And then when, uh, but then I had the baby and I'm like, oh, whatever, I don't know what I'm going to do, but then you're like, you have baby and you're like, I haven't slept in six months. I'm so tired. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But then like, actually Curry was three months old and we took her, uh, to a wedding and I drove back from the wedding with my brother and he's like, you know, you could totally like hit the trial standard. Oh, in the marathon. And by the way, my brother had run in the 2008 trials. It was actually in 2007 at New York city. Um, but it was, it was for like the 2008 trials and, um, he was like 21st. So I thought that was like amazing life goal. Um, so he's telling me I could do that. And it had never, ever occurred to me, even when I watched him, that I would ever be there. But he kind of planted that seed. So he's like, let me train you. Like, let me be your coach. You will be so fast. Like, you will definitely be faster than 314. You just have <laughs> well, to ask sure. So I did. Um, so I started training. Like, every day was hard. Like, it never felt good. Like, mm. I felt bad every single time. And I raced and I threw up. But I PR'd on my first 5K. I went from like a 18.20 to like, I think I ran 18.06 my first time. And that was five months postpartum. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, I've only done like a little bit of speed work, but it was legit speed work. And maybe I can be faster. And then like I eventually got down into the 17s. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, training hard works, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. wow. Uh, so... Yeah. So he had planted the seed, but every day I felt bad. You know, I didn't like feel good and fast. I felt free. Like Mm. I felt good to, it was one time where I didn't feel like I needed to be with my baby Yeah. or if I did, I would like run out. So this is like really crazy. But when I had curry, I started running like a month postpartum and I would like run a mile out and then not even a mile. It was like 0.9 to the first road. And then I would just sprint home because I was like, Oh my gosh, my baby needs me. I have to get home. No one else can help her with this thing. I am the only one. And I've been gone, you know, however many minutes. So I would sprint home every day. And I feel like that helped me, you know, but (laughs) kind of like postpartum, like hormones in full effect. It might be a little bit of a problem, but you know, um, but anyway, yeah, I just kept training. I didn't feel great, but I felt free at the same time. And so it was a positive experience. And, um, I ran my first marathon eight months postpartum and I ran a big PR. I went from three fourteen to a two fifty one. Wow. So I was like, Oh my gosh. And there were all these things that went wrong leading up to that, you know, and I had a little injury, like little things here and there where, I was just thinking, man, if I could get the training right, I can definitely hit that trial standard, which was 246 at the time. Um, And now that I actually believe that, like, I thought like sub three would be just like amazing life goal, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, that kind of like started this little dream that I'm still on that I'm still working toward. Yeah. So let's talk about that though, because you, so you have three kids like, like I do. And, um, you know, I, train hard for marathons at a different level than you but like having these babies always kind of like takes you like back you know and then you like get hungry like you were talking about when you're pregnant you have all these like dreams like and you go to races and you watch these people race yep 
But tell me about, like, do you guys plan your pregnancies and you're like, okay, then I'll get back to training again and then I'll try to qualify for the trials, you know? Uh, Yeah, no, we don't at all. I mean, um, I wanted to have my, so it took me like eight months to get pregnant with my daughter after like, you know, we're like, we're doing this. And then, um, took me much longer for Wells, my son, my middle son. And I was just like, I always do things like for my family first. So my running is like a side thing that's very important to me, but like, I want kids, you know? So like, Mm -hmm. that's number one. And I think that the time off for kids, kids actually makes me like a better runner. Some people are like, man, I got to take this time off to have a baby. But like pregnancy can be so rejuvenating mm-hmm. just to take time to just walk or yep. run super slow or do whatever you want every day. And there's like no reason to do anything else. Yep. Um, and then take time off like after you have, it's just like, I feel like pregnancy is very, um, like just builds your body up, you know? Um, in so many ways, because you're really taking care of your body, or like I was, you know, I mean, not like my diet was amazing. I was eating like, mac and cheese every day for lunch. <laughs> like I was, eating, I was so sick with my third, you know, I used to be like, oh, that pregnant mother is eating mac and cheese for lunch, I will only eat salads and whatever, you know, and then, you know, you get pregnant, and you're like cream cheese on bagels sound amazing, along with mac and sh- a box of mac and cheese every potato day. Potato chips. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything that's I mean, all carbs. <laughs> yes. And I mean, I eat that stuff always now, but it was like literally every day junk yeah. on junk. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't even know <laughs> where we were going with that. But um, well, I was just wanting to know, like, um, in between, because I do feel like, you know, coming back oh. from baby, like it, yes. ta- you know, honestly, coming back from my first baby, I felt like I was probably in the best shape of my life, like yes. 10 months out. Um, yes. That's my exact, I feel like 10 months is a sweet spot where you start to feel good and you start to feel fit. Yeah. You're like, okay, this is me again. I'm here. And, yes. and I guess I'm almost one year out with my third, but I feel, I just feel <laughs> like it's taken a little bit longer than more each. Oh, each for kid. sure. For sure. No, totally. What is that? Um, is it just because we're more tired? <laughs> <laughs> we're getting older. No, I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff like, I mean, your body, like I just had a doctor appointment the other day and he's like, Jen, like whether like we want to believe it or not, like our, like you had three babies, your pelvic floor is surely not the same as before, yeah. you know, like your energy, like your whole body is different than it was, Yeah. you know? seven years ago when you had your first kid, like that is just how it is. You know, I can't pinpoint it, but he's like, you've been through a lot, you know? Um, so yeah, but I don't plan like having the kids Uh around any schedule. I was, um, like very blessed with my third child, uh, who was definitely not in the plans at all. Okay. So I, like, so I had a hard time getting pregnant with my first two. And I thought like, oh, like, I'll, you know, unless I'm really trying, I, it's really not going to happen. happen. And yeah. then I like came back from a trip and was pregnant. And I was in like awesome shape, like the best shape, probably like the best running shape of my life. Everything was going so well. I was like gearing up for a trials qualifier. Um, you know, like thinking this has to be my race, you know, and then uh-huh. I started feeling bad. And I joked with my husband, like, Oh, my period's late, you know, that's like, 
because my period is very consistent, but I'm like, oh, probably because like I'm training harder and I'm like, I should just like get a pregnancy test. And he's like, yeah, you should. And I'm like, what? And Why then I so did about that. <laughs> yeah. And then I was, I was pregnant and I couldn't believe it. Like I was like a pregnancy as a blessing and I was so happy, but I didn't believe it. Like I was shell shocked, like completely shocked for like, I mean, easily a month where I'm just like, I can't believe this. And my life is so much different than I thought, you know, it was going to be. Did, you guys, well, did you guys think you were going to stop it too? Or were you just like, yeah, we'll wait a while and then try to have more? Yeah. I mean, we were really happy with two. Like the door wasn't shut okay. because like I came from four, you know, right. so I, the door wasn't shut, but the door also wasn't open. It okay. was just like limbo. Like we didn't know. Um, I think we would have like made a bigger gap in between the boys, but what's their age gap? Um, let's see, like right around two years and Curry was three and a half. So, oh, wow. That is a big um, age gap. Yeah. She and was, I like that. She's so helpful. Oh, like sure. Curry was three and a half, like from Wells, Wells was born, was born. Curry okay. was three and a half. And then Curry is like six years older oh. than Russ, which is like so amazing. I mean, she's such a good kid, such a big helper, you know? So, uh, Wells was like not old enough to understand mm-hmm. mom's having a baby and things are really going to change for me, you know? So there were all these things that I was like, oh man, there's a lot more to think about, yeah. you know? I mean, it's all good. It's all wonderful, but it just put it was like my life was completely different all of a sudden. Like, I'm not training for the trials. I'm not running a marathon in a couple months. I'm... Yeah, how far out were you from the marathon that was your goal race? Uh, so the marathon was going to be Columbus, um, which would have been like mid-October. And I think I found out in August. So yeah, so, you were like, you were training. Yeah, yeah I was like... in it. Ah, I was in it. Yeah, so... Or maybe it was September when... It, it might have even been early September um, when I found out. But yeah... Okay, so, so it was all wonderful and you know, great. Okay, so um, running intermission, but we have to get back to it. I okay. have to ask you about your kids' names. Oh yeah, okay. Okay, so, so is so is it Riles? Am I saying that right? Uh, yeah, Riles. It's Riles. R-Y. Oh, yes, yeah. Okay, so tell me how because you, I kind of have like a baby name obsession, and yeah. your kids all have like interesting different yeah. names. So tell me how you came yeah. up with them. Um. I wanted something like for all of my kids to be a little different because I was like Jennifer number three, <laughs> like even in my village, you know, it's like, cool. Everyone's named Jennifer. Like I'm Jennifer Marie. Uh-huh. Like could mom, could you have zero like thought about how this is going to play out in my life? Like so common. So I wanted something like people could pronounce when they saw it, but that every uh-huh. kid have it. So, uh, Riles is, the name of a jazz club that we used to love in Boston, like actually in Cambridge, Massachusetts, we used to go there every Sunday and have brunch and listen to jazz music. And we wanted to name Riles Rye, but like so many people were naming mm. their kids Rye. That, really? That's a common name? Well, uh, okay. In our circles, like it just happened a few people had just named their kids Rye, like R-Y-E. Huh. So I was like laying in bed one night and we were really struggling with names. And I thought, Oh my gosh, Riles, Riles. I love that place. Like that's a great name. And it's like, Rye. And my husband stays up later than me, like working at night, but he can't, I'm like, Oh, I'm too lazy to like go out and talk to him. (laughs) I'll tell him in the morning. Would you believe he came into the room that same night and said, Hey, I was thinking, what do you think about the name Riles? You remember that place? 
And I'm like, Jeff, it's a sign from heaven. Like That's crazy. Yeah, I like it like gave me chills. So I'm like, okay, Riles is the name. 100 percent And you knew done. it was a boy. Yes, and we knew it was a boy. Yeah. Okay. I'm just I just like to know. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Wells is a family name. So Wells was gonna be the name of our first boy. We had it that name, like if Curry would have been a boy. Um, Wells is a name that it used to be a last name. It's just been passed down generations. So Wells is the was just like our name, you know, and then, uh, Curry, it, her real name is Currents. Oh, and, pretty. uh, yeah, my husband just made that up. Cause he's like, when she gets her PhD, she's not going to want someone calling her Curry, you know, or maybe. <laughs> she won't. So I'm like, okay, well we, you can come up with a name. Um, so her name is Currents, but I always wanted to name her Curry. I just met a girl once who I thought was I don't even know anything about her, honestly, other than like, she was really smart. She was in medical school. She had really good style. She was so kind, you know, she was very worldly. And I thought, oh my gosh, Curry, I'm thinking in my head, I didn't tell her if I have a daughter, I'm naming her Curry. Yeah. And I don't even know how she spelled Curry, if that was even her name, but that's how that came to be. So yeah. wonder what Curry's <laughs> up to these days, being a doctor somewhere. I know. Yeah, for sure. She's a doctor for sure. That's all I know. Well, I love your kids' names. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, okay. So I had to do that little brief intermission because yeah, I've, always, yeah. I've always wondered, and if anybody yeah. has listened to this podcast regularly, it, it yes, se- I know. seems to be a common theme that I like yes. pick people's brains about their kids' names. Um, yeah, yeah. So now, how old is Riles? So Riles just turned 18 months. Okay. And you yeah. are in the heart of Philly Marathon training. Yes, I am. Yep. Okay. So tell me what's been going on with your training this cycle, like with a shorter, I know you recently won a 10 K like what's going yeah. on. So my training is going pretty well. Um, I don't have any injuries. This is the time last year when I got injured, uh, I got like a hip problem and this all stems from having kids, you know, mm-hmm. one little thing is a little weak and then something gets misaligned and then you don't take care of yourself And then next thing you know, you like can't run. Um, So I've been really diligent. I like told my friend, I'm so proud of myself for getting regular massages. And Mm. she's like, Jen, you're proud of yourself for that. But I'm like, well, I mean, it's like you got to think about how you spend your money. Like Mm -hmm. I'm giving up other things to spend money on massages. I'm making sure that I make the time for it. I know it's like first world problem, but I don't want to get injured again. So my workouts have been going as well as can be expected. I ran 21 miles this morning um, with some fast stuff, fastish stuff at the end. Tell so, me what that is. Like how many miles of fast and what pace? Yeah. So I like ran 12 miles easy. And then at 12, I started this um, little fartlek type thing where I did like seven miles at like six. I mean, it's just by feel, but it ended up being like low sixes to six teens, uh, a six, like 11, six, 12. Um, so I do seven minutes hard, two minutes, easy, six okay. minutes hard, two minutes, easy, all the way down to one minute hard. And then I climb this giant hill to get home because I live Pittsburgh is super hilly, mm-hmm. like very hilly. It has made me an awesome hill runner, but after a workout, I have mm-hmm. to run like 400 feet uphill in three and a half miles. You know, it's just like this death March on a trail, like on a stone dirt trail, you know, it's like killer. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm pretty tired right now. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, my training is going well, I can't complain. I, I had this calling to do Philly 
Mm. And my mom's like, wow, you're a super elite. Like they called you to do it. I'm like, no, 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 no. I said, no, mom. I had like a calling, like something in my heart was telling me run Philly. You know, you're right. And my mom's like, oh, oh, a calling. Okay. Um, But yeah, something. So I had it. I had like every fall marathon possibility, like written out. And then I was down to Indy Monumental, which I thought would be awesome. Maybe I could finally meet you and Glenn. I know. I would have, like, recruited you to come stay uh, at my house. I'm going to do it one of these years. But for some reason, like, Philly was just calling my heart. It, I mean, not to sound weird, but I just had the strong pull, and I couldn't explain it. So I said, I don't know if I'm going to have the race of a lifetime or my worst race or if I'm going to meet a best running friend. I don't know what's going to happen, but something about this race is just calling to me and I got to do it. So that's That's what I'm doing. And yeah, so hopefully, you know, I think it's meant to be. Um, I have to ask back to your workout when you said you were doing that fart, like, did you just, did you repeat that cycle to the end? Like, cause you, you, you still had like, Oh yeah. So that was about, so that left me with like, um, three and a half miles or something to go. And then I just ran easy up to the giant three and a half miles. Okay. What's, what does an easy pace look like in a long run for you? Uh, it's. Well, who knows up that hill? I mean, (laughs) from like seven 30 to eight 30. Okay. I do not. Like, I mean, people, it's funny, people follow me on Strava and they'll be like, wow, Jen, you do not, how do you race so fast? (laughs) Your training is just not like that fast. But I tell you, I leave it for race day. Like Uh any workout I do, I can always do more, you know, Mm -hmm. like I leave racing for race day and I leave workouts for workouts and I make easy days, easy days. And I have not been like, uh, I have not had a bone injury since I started doing that. In college, I was constantly like breaking bones, like getting super injured. And now I have little things, but they like pop up from me being crazy after having a kid, you know, or like Mm -hmm. some me not taking care of my body because I'm just busy and I choose to do other things, you know, but I really feel like I'm healthy because I just don't kill myself every day. So, well, Okay, so let me ask you about that though, because you say you you save it for race day, which is awesome. But does that put extra pressure on you for race day then? Because you're like, okay, today's the day. Um, and like, uh, you know, yeah. for instance, like today I did this half marathon and eh, I kind of had like a meh race, and I just I couldn't get out of my own head at like mile eight nine. I was just like, this sucks. Like yeah. I was I was mentally not there today. So like, yeah. how do you get there mentally? Yeah, I mean, uh, I like talk to myself a week out from every race, like even a silly race. I mean, no race is silly to me because like I want to do well every time I race, but I start talking to myself and I run through every scenario that I think can happen. You're side by side with this person at mile one. What are you going to do? They're still there at mile two. What are you going to do? You know, I like work out every scenario in my head. Um, so that I feel like, I mean, this is like super common. I feel like a lot of people do this, but then on race day, I feel like it already happened or like mm-hmm. the gun, I felt horrible. What am I going to do? You know, I feel like dirt. What am I going to do? Um, and, and then I like imagine feeling really bad, you know, like yeah. I actually imagine struggle, you know, like, oh my gosh, the half marathon. Okay. I'm going to get to six 
And maybe at mile six, I'm, I always say I'm halfway done with a mile to go because mm-hmm. I, oh, that last mile, somehow you can always push through. And yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm halfway done with a mile to go. And, you know, I'm usually I get like a, I feel horrible, but I get like a second wind. So now I'm getting my second wind. You know, I mean, it's just crazy stuff. I'm just talking to myself in my head all week. I'm like obsessing over it, you know, but it has really helped my like negative race day Mm. uh, chatter and like even the racing anxiety that I used to have, I don't really have anymore. And like, as far as like my training, I mean, I'm still running like hard stuff, you know, it's just, um, and I'm running race pace stuff, you know, but I feel like by knowing I, I just finished those mile repeats and I could have done two more. Mm -hmm. So on race day, I feel more confident, like I do all these workouts and they always feel good. So on race day, surely I'm going to feel better. I'm going to be rested. My kids aren't going to be with me the night before, oh, you know, uh, yes. uh, Grace, because, oh my gosh, my baby, my 18 month old is still up four times a night. He like, <gasps> is such a mommy. like I need my mommy boy. He, he just can't get over me. He can't be away from me. You know? So I'm trying to break that. And I'm also still nursing him because mm. he doesn't want to stop. It. I have like a huge hormonal um, switch when I mm-hmm. start breastfeeding and it's just not good for my racing. So yeah, I'm trying to well wait. Yeah. So I'm like, well, now I'm just going to wean him like after the race. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I just feel like more confident because I don't run crazy workouts that are way faster than what I need to, you know, that that's so smart. I, yeah, I do. I do feel taking me many years to come to that conclusion. It's like much trial and error. So yeah, because sometimes I do feel like I finish a workout and I'm like, man, I just beat the crap out of myself. And it's like, maybe maybe slow it down a little bit. And then, Uh, yeah, that's a really good point. All right, everybody, I have two sponsors I want to thank here real quick before we get started back with our conversation with Jen. The first is the Donna Marathon. I am so excited to be going to Jacksonville, Florida to run the Donna Marathon early February. I've kind of had my eyes on this race for a few years now, and I'm finally doing it. And the cool thing is this year, the course is super fast. They are no longer running alongside the beach in the sand, and I've heard it's a really good Boston qualifier. The Donna Marathon Weekend is a national marathon to finish breast cancer. It's the only marathon in the U.S. dedicated to breast cancer research and care. The Donna Foundation provides financial assistance and support to families living with breast cancer and funds groundbreaking breast cancer research. The course takes you through four beautiful beach communities, and it has a very scenic view with awesome crowd support. You guys know if you know my story that breast cancer research is very important to me and I am totally in support of this race and I'm actually really excited because we're going to have the founder of the marathon, Donna Deegan, as a guest on this podcast. She is a three-time breast cancer survivor. We are going to have her as a guest on the show here in the very near future. If you guys do want to register for the race, the link will be in the show notes and you guys can use the code Lindsay15 to get 15% off your registration. All right, guys, and I have a new sponsor that I'm bringing on this week, and I'm excited about it. Who does online shopping and who uses Zappos? I know everybody has heard of their amazing customer service. It's like what they're known for. 
Well, they have a new site dedicated to running. I know there's a lot of runners out there. Everybody knows that you've been able to get shoes from Zappos for a long time. Well, they've expanded, and this running thing is where it's at. Zappos can be everyone's first choice for shoes, clothing, accessories, and other everyday running essentials for men, women, and kids. You know what I just bought from Zappos? Some underwear. They had some athletic New Balance underwear, and I put that right into my cart because I'm always looking for good underwear to wear when I work out. And let's be honest, when I wear my, I would say yoga pants because that's what people say that stay-at-home moms wear like yoga pants every day, but they're not my yoga pants. They're just my stretch pants. But I'm always looking for good underwear that doesn't have lines, and the athletic underwear is my best bet. And they have this really cute, comfortable New Balance underwear, and I just bought that on their site. So you guys can find shoes, apparel, all kinds of good stuff. And what you need to know about Zappos is it's fast and free shipping on every order, no strings attached. They have 24-7 customer service, email, call, or live chat, 365-day return policy. That's an entire year. And they have hundreds of your favorite brands like Nike, Adidas, Brooks, Asics, New Balance, and more. They can't make you run, but they have everything you need to wear for your run. Head over to my show notes, lindsayhine.com, for more information on Zappos running. All right, guys, let's continue my conversation with Jen. Um, okay, so what are your goals for Philly? So, I mean, I definitely want a PR, which my PR is still from that eight months postpartum with my first kid. Like, okay. I have had so many issues, just out of control issues in the marathon. Um, yeah, and that's how babies. the marathon is. And two babies in between. So, yeah, I want a PR and like ultimate goal is the trials qualifier. Um, so now you have to run a 241 or 242? Well, now it's 245 now. It's oh, actually they moved slower. it back up. Yeah, because they, they had moved it like that last month um, and then before the last trials and then they kept it at that. And I think because that's like the world standard mm. probably. So, um, I mean, don't quote me on that, but I think that's how they came yeah. to that solution. So do you yeah. have any other races coming up before Philly that you're like kind of tune up races? Yeah. So I'm running the Columbus half marathon next weekend. Okay. And then I, Oh, I hate missing Pittsburgh races cause I love running in the city so much, but there's the um, 10 miler, the EQT 10 miler here, and it's two weeks before my marathon. And I just know that I cannot control in a racing atmosphere. I will not be able to run slow enough for it to not affect my marathon. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure. not doing that. So I think Columbus will be my last race. Okay. And so then I have to ask you this too, because before interviews, this particularly interviews, I don't know why it's always like the girls that run fast. I'm always like, hey, Glenn, <laughs> what do you want me to ask this girl? But he said, what happened with your marathon last year or recently you were running one and you ended up not finishing? Like, were you injured? And yeah. how do you mentally move on from that and have mm -hmm. this successful training cycle? So... Um, let's see. Well, in December, I ran Cal last December, I ran California international marathon and I did finish, but I ran a three Oh seven, which was like way, 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 way off my, um, you know, time I wanted, but I got the, a stomach bug, oh. um, like the kind where, you know, yes, you don't want for running. I mean, you don't want any stomach bug, but I was in the porta potty, like the entire race, like it was bad. I, I just, and I dealt with that all this year, but, um, 
How did you even run? Oh my gosh. I know it was silly, but like, okay, I had already, you know, got in the hotel, like everything, my flight, my husband, I got the stomach bug. Like it, it presented itself on the flight out there. So I'm Mm. like, oh my gosh. So, I mean, I started the race dehydrated. I know, you know, I'm at like my husband, even who said he would never do another marathon. Um, he, signed up for it because my training was going so well that <laughs> he was like, was he going to run I got it with you? Country. Uh, no, but like, he just thought it would be this like thing we would both do and be like so excited after. And then it would just end up being like a bummer. Uh, I mean, I was like, I'm glad I finished, but then again, I'm like kind of not glad I finished because my body was messed up and I don't know. I mean, like, uh, putting your body through that when you're uh, dealing with an illness. I don't actually know if that's the healthiest thing to do. So I was like, I'm kind of torn on whether I should have finished, but I did have a DNF, um, in 2015, maybe Glenn was talking about. about. Um, I pretty much, yeah, I mean, I didn't have my mental game on Mm. and I think that I had overtrained a bit and I just went into race day dead, like Mm. so tired. Jeff saw me like a half mile out and he's like, (laughs) after the race, he's like, you looked horrible. I was like, how is she going to finish a marathon? She (laughs) looked like you were in the last half mile and you were in the first half mile. He's like, you look so bad, you know? Um, So I don't know. I like had nothing in me. I was completely depleted and I ran like 15 miles. I'm like, I literally can't do this. Like, I mean, I, my body is done. And so I like ripped, I mean, it was so dramatic. I (laughs) ripped off my bib and I ran to the ocean (laughs) and I cried, you know, I like screamed and cried at the ocean. Oh my gosh. It was so dramatic. And I'm not very dramatic, but, um, Then I like found someone with a phone and called my husband and, you know, it was all okay. But like lots of things were going on, but I feel like I didn't have like the physical or emotional strength that I needed that day. Um, So yeah, was not good. I was in really good shape leading up, but so this, so this training cycle, I'm actually doing a shorter training cycle because just the way I train, I I get in like, I kind of peak quickly. So from the time I start doing workouts, I don't need much time, but because I always have this big base, you know, so mm-hmm. people are like, oh, I only run like 50 miles a week easy, but that's a lot. Like, that's amazing. You know, that's really building an engine. So by the time I start doing workouts, you know, I get in shape like fairly fast. And the problem with me is like burning out or like peaking too soon. So this training cycle is 12 weeks long. You know, I started and I, I'm, um, it just 12 weeks out and, and that's what I do. And hopefully then I won't have the, like just body fatigue that I dealt with then. Cause I think that was like an 18 to 20 week, um, training cycle. What are you peaking your mileage at? So not super high, like 60. I'm, uh, well, I don't know what I'll get to. I'm seven weeks out and I think this week will be like 60, um, 65 to 67. And that'll be my highest. Mostly I've been around 60, um, 50. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, you're fine. Oh, 50, 60, you know. So yeah. So do you find you get injured if you try to run more miles? 
No, I don't get injured, but here's the thing. I, I like hate being away from my family too yeah. much. They're young and I have run two 90 mile weeks in my life. Mm. Um, and I didn't feel like I ran any better or felt any stronger. And I have a suspicion that if I actually ran over a hundred miles a week and did it right, I would be in much better shape, but I don't want to do that when my kids are young. Like my baby, you know, he's like with me during the day and it's really cute. And then I get my other son at noon and I mean, it's like hard, you know, being a mom, but it's like so much fun. So I want to just get my runs done and not have to go out a second time at night, you know, and yeah, move on with your day. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like 60, 70 is just my sweet spot. And someday I definitely want to do higher mileage, but just not right now. I think my goals are attainable at this. And then I think if I want to be like super awesome someday, then maybe I could step it up a notch or maybe I never will. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, really like the having three kids, man, it's, it is like beyond time. It's like, just, it's emotionally exhausting. You know, like this morning, our babysitter, um, not our regular babysitter. We had a random babysitter. Um, Mm -hmm. she was 45 minutes late and, Oh my gosh. Uh, We had her coming at seven 15 and, um, the race we were doing started at eight 30 and we didn't uh, leave our house till eight o'clock. And like, so we got there with like 10 to 15 minutes before the start. And you know, while you're waiting for your babysitter, not only are you like, Oh, I'm going to be late. You're also like dealing with your kids. I know the emotions and just like, I know, I mean, I know. I feel like it's best, like, if I can run before seeing my kids. Because I feel, I love my kids, but I feel everything that they feel. If they wake up tired in the morning, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I I know how you feel. Like, (laughs) I'm tired, too, you know? Or, like, if they're grumpy, I'm like, yeah. I mean, I usually wake up in a really good mood. But, you know, everything that happens with them, it pulls me, like, in a different direction. And if I could just run before, you know, what seeing them, but I mean, that would just be like insanely early because they get up and I want to be there to like get them ready for school, you know? So it's not possible, but it definitely changes things. And like, no wonder you didn't feel like at the top of your game this morning, if you got to the race so late and you were stressed out from like, is the babysitter coming? And it's a new babysitter, which is always, a little weird, you yeah, know, you're like, and, oh, I have to explain everything to you. Yes. I yeah. kind of like didn't though. I was kind of just like, eh. yeah. yeah, I was like, here are my three kids. We'll be back at noon. Like, uh, maybe put rest down in a couple hours. Like I was just like, I don't have time for any of this. <laughs> I know by your third kid, I feel like I'm just like, okay, if they're alive, yeah. when I get home, like whatever, if they ate a lollipop, you know, if they yeah. ate lollipops and whatever, like, Okay, good. They're still alive and they were happy and they had a good time. So great. I, um, I messaged her like after the race, we went and got lunch and, um, I messaged her to like, just kind of like give her heads up when we'd be home. And she was like, well, Lewis got really muddy. Then he took a shower. Then he pooped in the shower. And then, um, Marshall (laughs) just got stung by a bee. And I was like, oh, he's not allergic. Like that's fine. And then I was just like, dear God, tell me this girl cleaned up the poop in the shower. Oh, please. She did. Oh, good. Oh, good. I was wondering, though, like my regular babysitter for sure would. But I was like, I don't know about this girl. Like she was late. I was like, I'm going to come home to this like huge pile of poop in my shower. But I didn't. Oh, my gosh. No. Oh, Oh, good. But yeah, it is crazy. It's just like 
the morning time is stressful with kids and you're just, you don't want it to be. And it doesn't always have to be, but just like the hustle and bustle of getting them ready for school and all that, like telling them to put their shoes on 98 times. I know. know, And trying to get them to like do things for themselves. Like if I dressed my, my Wells just turned four, he can dress himself. But if I dress him, it's so much quicker. So much quicker. Yes. I don't like, I mean, you know, He's going to wear like two pairs of underwear. He's going to wear, you know, his pants are like all twisted sideways. And he's asking me like, is this the right way? My shirt's on backwards, you know, and it's just like everything takes longer. So I'm like, oh, you know, what do you do? You know, I just try to be chill. Like, okay. I know. Let's, but, you know, it. yeah, it's just silly things. I mean, it's also silly and it's like wonderful and fun, but it's still in the moment. It's just like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, we have to get to school. If we don't leave by this time, know. you know, you're going to be tardy. I, um, I so. started laying out Marshall's clothes and laying them like on the dresser. Oh. And I was like, OK, when you get up in the morning, put these on before you come downstairs. And yeah. it still doesn't happen. Yeah. But like I try. And it's the same yeah. dilemma like you're saying. I'm always like, man, if I just do this myself, it's going to take like three seconds. So fast. I know. Okay. We have to get to some fun stuff. Um, <laughs> I knew that we would talk about running a lot because I had oh, lots I of fun questions to ask you. Um, but I want to know about you guys travel a lot. So one, tell me what your husband does for a living. I know. I tell my, I tell people what my husband does and they're like, why do you travel? So my husband is a professor at Carnegie Mellon. He does computer science. Um, so people are like, well, professors don't travel. Like, why does he travel? But he's a researcher. So like his number one job is research. He teaches one class, um, like per semester, but his like main job, the thing that you know people care about is his research. So he's collaborating with people literally all over the world. And he does contract work too. Um, so and he like for a while ha- had his little own business. So he's always his job is very flexible. like okay. every day I know I'm gonna run, but it's um, he is constantly working, but you know, if I need something, usually he can, we can work things out, you know? So he just travels to like give talks, go to conferences, Mm, meet with people in person, you know, like people might be like working on this computer science stuff, whatever it is. And then, you know, they're like, okay, we should really meet in person to like hash this out. And so they'll do that. So like just the other day, he's like, oh, is it okay if I leave from Wednesday until Friday next week? And I'm like, next week, like, and he's like, well, I'm not sure if it's going to happen. And I'm like, it's less than a week away. Like, you have to buy. I'm like, where? He's like, oh, Seattle. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's fine. That's good. But you think you're going to buy the ticket soon, you know? I mean, things just come up all the time. Yeah. But a lot of times we, like, get to go. I mean, every cool trip that you see me take, like, we went to Australia last year. And we were in Singapore. And it's all related to his work. So it's nice, you know. And you um, take all the kids. We didn't take the kids there. So usually we'll go on a trip that we don't take the kids on. And then over the summer, we leave for usually most of the summer. This week, it was seven weeks and we took the kids and we just like flew out to Vegas because it was the cheapest flight. And then we just like hit up a bunch of national parks. Jeff had to be places at certain dates. So that kind of you know, put us like in the Bay Area on certain dates in, you know, different cities, Seattle, Portland, um, 
he went to somewhere in Boise, you know, for work. But yeah, we just like traveled around the West Coast and it was awesome. And it's like stressful. I, people are like, how do you travel with kids? I'm like, well, I mean, I'd be staying home with them. You know, I mean, we are going to be together no matter what. So we might as well do cool things that we want to do, you know? <laughs> like, Well, and then he can he can be there for like to help with stuff. I mean, he's got to do his work stuff. But like at nighttime, you're tucking them in together. Well, kind of. So oh, like okay. usually actually... I do all that stuff, but there will be days where we do most things together, but then there'll be days where like, I don't see Jeff. Like, I mean, I get up and I like run before he's up and when I'll be in the shower and he will leave for, um, like meeting up with someone and then he doesn't get back to the hotel or Airbnb or person's house where we're staying or whatever until like the kids are in bed and I'm falling asleep because I'm exhausted. Um, so like that's kind of stressful in a yeah. way. Um, like, oh, here we are in Boise, Idaho. Find you've never been here before, but find something to do with three kids all day. And, yeah. You know? What but, do you do? Like we have. So like we actually find really cool stuff, and people are so you know we'll be playing on a playground, and someone will be like, oh, you know, where do you live? And I'm like, oh, actually, like really far away. And they'll <laughs> say, you have to hit up like this and this and this. And so we do. Um, like we saw the most amazing waterfalls uh, this summer that we would have never seen in Twin Falls, Idaho, because someone suggested we go there, you know, and we would have not even known about it. And it's actually taller than Niagara Falls. Oh, wow. And it was so gorgeous. And it's like, I've never heard of this place. And thank you, random person at the <laughs> playground. We have like a museum memberships, um, science museum memberships and children's museum memberships. And those are reciprocals all over the country. So like the ASTC, you can get into like any, pretty much any science museum, um, for free. And then the children's museums, like the ACM network, you can get in for 50% off. So I always first check like a museum. Is there a museum? And I look for playgrounds and, um, what about naps though with, I mean, Wells so, can probably get away, but like, what about with Riles? So I, we are like a no schedule family. So I don't ever like say I got to stay home because uh-huh. of nap. So I'll be like, they're probably going to nap. So I'll bring the stroller. And many times, cause we only brought the single stroller this summer. Um, so both boys, I would put them side by side in a single bob and th- you know, if they would fall asleep, then we just do that. And Curry and I would like do something oh, that's so cute. fun, you know, so we just make it work. I mean, days are stressful. It's not like this is all fun and like glamorous, but at the end of the day, it's always like, despite, you know, one kid screaming, one kid throwing up cause they're car sick. The other kid, like, I want to play the iPad, you know, like at the end end of the day, it's always more positive than negative, And that's all you can ask for, you know, like when you're traveling with kids. So it was awesome. It was so fun. Like it was so much fun. And we do something like that. This was, I feel like the most adventurous, like a lot of times, like one summer, we just went to Seattle and lived there in the summer. Um, and sometimes we'll just do a few cities, but this was us like Vegas to the driving, you know, Yosemite through Death Valley, um, you know, up the uh, California, Oregon, Washington coast, and then down through, back through Oregon, Idaho, Colorado, and we flew home out of Denver. So we hit up like, oh, Utah, we were in Utah, I ran a half marathon there. So like there, we hit up so many places. And 
it was like a little, um, I don't know. I mean, it was definitely maybe like a little more than I would do again with the ages of our children, but, Mm. um, we didn't drive more than four hours or five hours ever. And most days we would only drive like three hours a day. So, um, it wasn't too bad, but it was a lot of like stop and go. Oh, sure. Yeah. Bathroom breaks. And yeah. <laughs> so does, were you that flexible when you just had one? Because I feel like when you just have one kid, it's a little bit easier to kind of schedule around because you're like, oh, well, I want her to nap at home because I want to get stuff done. Yeah. So, I mean, we've always like the summer thing we've always done, but, um, she, I've always been more like, I want to do things. So mm-hmm. if I need to like go to the grocery store and it's during her nap time, Too bad. <laughs> I, yeah, I would say that she napped more in her crib than my other kids. Okay. But, um, I feel like, I don't know. Also, I'm so like against schedules because like just so long I was working so hard, like before I had kids and everything was a schedule and I didn't do any cool, fun things because I had to be at work and I had to do this and I had to do that. Then now I'm just like, I just want a chill life. I mean, it's not chill at all, but it's more chill than if I was being super regimented, you know, this is not for everyone. Like, sure. I think people who have a schedule have a much better, like, easier life in a lot of ways, but I just can't, sometimes I just don't want to be at home, you know, and, uh, it always works out fine. So, you know, it it works for our family. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, in the, the more kids I keep piling on here, I, yeah, (laughs) I'm like, I, I like, you know, used to be on the weekend, like with one, when I had one, I'd be like, well, we can't go do that. Like that's nap time. But yeah, yeah. part of that was because I craved the alone time that nap time provided yeah. so so desperately. Um, yes. And even now, you know, during the week, I'm like, okay, we'll go work out and then we'll get home. And like from 12 to 2, the little boys will sleep. And like that time, I will either work or I yeah. will put my feet Chill up out. and watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um Let's you tell me that you and I I always see your like fun the Christmas jammy pictures with all your family oh, stuff. Yeah. But with the holidays coming up, you tell me that you do a pretty elaborate advent calendar for your oh, kids. Yeah. And I thought that would be something fun to talk about because yeah. I've never done it and every year I'm like, I should do that. I should do that. Yeah. So tell so, me what you do. Yeah, so I feel like uh there are tons of fun ones. Like everyone does the Lego ones and everyone does the you know, I don't know, they're the chocolate ones or whatever, but we don't do presents on Christmas because we are never at our house. Mm. So, uh, I mean, we do presents, but they're like with the grandparents. We don't have like presents at our home. So the advent calendar is the way that my kids get presents. And um, I, this changes every year, but I guess like last year, what I did was, it was kind of like a scavenger hunt. So they have an advent calendar that's just one of those craft ones that you felt ones that like you make. And then I fill each day, like there is a little note inside. And the note is like something that rhymes like, I don't even know. I mean, this is not one. This is a really dumb one. But in the room where you lay down your head, you'll find this like, I don't know, near the ground or I don't know on the, I don't know something. It rhymes. It's always like something that rhymes and they look for a, they look for, um, this and it's always something where they have to search a while. Like it's not obvious. 
it takes a lot of work by me. Like I do start it early, but they find, so they find their presence and, um, this clue, this rhyming clue gives them their present. And they, when they find their presence, they open it. And inside that is a number or, and a letter. And then if every day they're entering in like two equals L and then it ends up being at the end, like a message to them, mm. like a message of like love or, you know, something I want to say to them. So, I mean, it's corny, but it is so much fun all year. They look forward to it. They want me to do a Halloween advent calendar. <laughs> I'm like, that's not what advent calendar is at all. Maybe we're missing the point here, but yeah, that's, so that's how they get their present. And it can be anywhere from like, um, candy to uh, their present, you know, or it could be a notepad or it could be like tickets to the holiday pops concert, or it could be like some fun activity we're going to do anyway that they need to understand actually costs money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is a gift for you. Like, you know, uh, so yeah, it's, I don't know if I'm explaining it well, but it's so much fun for them. And it takes a lot of time, like to think of all the clues and make them kind of difficult, but age appropriate. Um, but they love it. So you like make it up. Yeah. Yeah. I just like make it up. I'll be like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I can't even think of one right now, but it'll be like something about like in the guest room where something or so, I don't think the guest room, but you know, I don't know. Is I it, can't. do you affiliate it with any sort of religion though? No, but maybe, I, I mean, maybe the message would be a religion, like have some like religious note to it at the end, like their, their message or a message of love, you know? Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, man, I can tell you now, based on everything you just said, that's something I will never do. (laughs) I don't like I don't believe in like going above and beyond for your kids all the time, because I think like, but you you like struggle. Yeah. Yeah, like kids need to have some struggle. Kids need to know they don't get everything they want. But this is like one thing that it's a lot of work, but it's like fun. It's so much fun for them. And it's so much fun for me. And like, it's kind of challenging in a way for like, mentally for me to think about, you know, how I'm going to make it all work. And I try to get Jeff involved, because he's really creative and um, super smart and everything. But he's always like, No, thank you. You want to <laughs> do that? Like, Good for you. The kids love it. But like, I, I don't think we need to do that. But yeah, it's super fun. That's a tradition there. I mean, they're always going to, that's like going to oh, be like a highlight sure. of their childhood. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, and I love it. I'm just like, nope, yeah. there's no way I'll do it. I just, I'm not organized <laughs> enough. I'm not. There's just Well, I like pull some late nights. Like if I don't start it early, then I'm like staying up late, like red eyes all day. Or I'll like make it look like it's all ready, but actually it's not completely finished and I'm finishing it like as the days go on. Um, but then I get kind of confused of like, I have to make sure I really mark off my messages, right? So, and make sure I know like what days I've done. It all gets like kind of hairy if I don't do it all at once. So, um, yeah. I, I feel like I need to send you some like letters of encouragement during Advent season. Like, <laughs> you can do oh, it, Jen. You can do it. Oh, please. I know. I need it pushed through. Here are some yeah. tips. Um, yeah, seriously. Okay. So let's do some fun questions. Okay, cool. What's one thing professionally or personally, because we didn't really talk about what you yeah. did before you had kids, but what's one thing professionally or personally that you haven't done yet that you'd like to do? Yeah, I, you know, I just have a feeling that someday my husband and I will start a business. Oh, that's exciting. Like, uh, 
yeah, I just think it'll happen. I mean, and I would like to see it happen. So he has a lot of like cool ideas and we are so different uh, that we work so well together, I think, because we are so different. We both have completely opposite strengths. And um, I feel like we could just be a really good combo. You know, we could come up with something cool and like really handle it well. <laughs> That's all I know. I mean, I don't even have like a subject matter or right. anything. Yeah. Um, on the subject of your husband, though, he's really fast, too. But are you faster than him? So he's just more into his work now. When sure. we met, he trained a lot, but um, and I did not. But it, the tables have turned. And if he's training really hard and I'm training really hard, I think that we are pretty even. And I'll be like, I'm going to beat you today. Like, my number one goal is to beat you. <laughs> and he's, like, totally cool with that. And he'll be like, I'm going to, okay, I don't know. You might, you probably will beat me, you know. But, um, yeah, he, He's, I'd say if we're both in great shape, it's a draw of like, who's going to win. Ooh, that's kind of fun. He goes out like hard and dies. This is a classic, Jeff. Go out hard and die. <laughs> Me, I like to be like super, like, I like to be consistent. And that's not always like possible, you know, in like a marathon and something. But um, I mean, it is. Sometimes you just don't play things out right. But right. I like to be consistent. And he is like a go out hard and die kind of person. And so sometimes you know, he, he can pull through, but I'm saying, I hope like someday he gets in good shape again so I can beat him. Like, I feel like now when I beat him, it's like, of course I'm going to beat right, you. Like right. you haven't been training. Like that's not fair. It doesn't feel as good. Right. Like I'm in <laughs> shape and you're just kind of yeah. like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Better um, beat you. That's kind of fun though, that when he's in shape, you guys are about the same. You can, yeah. when he dies, you can kind of like give him a little yes. pat and say, good job. See you later. Yeah. See you at the finish That's line. The finish line. Yeah. And yeah, it like, it really motivates me to like, I don't know. And it's not like we're not racing together. People will be like, wow, you two finished really close to each other. And I'm like, we were never together. He went out hard and died and I <laughs> was consistent and we saw each other in passing, you know, and that was it. So and you know, he's if like, you ever my see wife's us. a badass. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's like so complimentary. He's oh. like, so yeah, he's like really good and kind. So That's he so doesn't. Great. Yeah. Um, what's an accomplishment you're most proud of? Uh, well, I guess I'd have to go with running. Um, when I ran my one fifteen half, which is my PR, I felt like it was the closest, um, to like my best racing effort mm. that I've ever had. Like, I think I can run faster than that, but I wasn't training for a half. I wasn't tapered, but like, I feel like I really laid it all on the line that day more than any other race. So yeah. Where did you run that? That was in, um, New Orleans, rock and roll, New Orleans in 2015. Okay. Was that during your, uh, training for the marathon that didn't go yes. well? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you are, oh, so do you have a goal for at Columbus to beat that time or not focused on that? Um, yeah, I just want to like, I don't have a time goal in mind, I guess. I just want to compete and like place as high as I can. And, uh, it's hard to say if I'm in PR shape, I think I'm close to that, but, uh, you know, like, I don't know, how's the weather going to be? The weather was sure. literally perfect that day too. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like. 50 degrees sunny, like exactly. I mean, I actually prefer like a little colder than that, but yeah. you know, like on the day on the race day, I just want to run like as fast as I can and like work hard 
to be as high of a place as possible. So, um, I was yeah. going to ask you something about that. Oh, do you, do you, uh, race with a watch? Oh, that's a great question though. I do, but only for the splits. And I have found that I race much better when I don't know how I'm doing because I'm really just like racing on feel. So that, uh, half PR, I did not allow myself to look at any time until mile 11 mm. because what I feel like is, okay, say you have a time in mind and you're running slower than that but you're about to get like a second wind. Mm-hmm. You know, like running distances, but you look at that and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel horrible today. So I slow down. Or let's say you're running faster than your, you know, delicate mind thinks you can run. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my gosh, I, why am I running this fast? I'm totally going to die. I need to slow down. Mm-hmm. But if you're just running to run and you're running like how you really feel at the effort that you think, then I feel like you come out with, or me at least, I come out with my best performances. So this has been a big part of my training, like this training cycle. I have my Garmin on, or like sometimes I run with my Apple Watch, but for workouts, I have my Garmin on. It's set to the workout, so it just beeps, and that's how I know that I'm supposed to do the next part of my workout, but I never look at anything. When I get home, I think, how did that workout go? Oh, I think like, you know, interval five and six, I kind of slowed down, but then I like brought it in strong. I just like say whatever I think happened. And then I look and see how accurate it was. And it's like super accurate. Like Mm -hmm. I, I mean, and sometimes it's like, I went slower or faster than I thought. And I'm surprised. But like, if we just, I don't know, I feel like if you just let intuition guide you, it's a really powerful thing. And sometimes knowing too much can be bad. But having said that, like when I first started training, um, like seriously after having Curry, my Garmin was my training partner. Like I ran alone every day and I was just so shocked. Like, Whoa, I just ran a six thirty mile. Like, how did I do that? You know? And in that way it motivated me. So I felt like in the beginning of my training, when I didn't know much, it was super helpful, but there get, comes to a point where people know so much that they can let it mess with their heads. And that was like the point I was at where it's like, I see the split and it's all, go, it's all gotta be bad. Like whether my split's good or bad, something's wrong with it. I'm overanalyzing it. So I just don't let myself look at it anymore or not till like late in the race when what I do doesn't matter that much. Like sure. maybe, Oh, I'm close to a PR. Can I speed up a little bit more? Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to like totally die or totally nothing is going to change that much. Yeah, that's really good. I, the half that I ran today was like, it was pretty hilly. Like for me, like you probably wouldn't think it was really hilly since you (laughs) live in Pittsburgh. Um, but like I were Indy, like Indy monumental, for instance, is like super flat and everywhere around us is, but this, uh, race is in a state park and Uh, it's just, it's hilly over there. And I mean, at one point I was like, I'm not even looking at the, going to look at, I knew my mileage clicked over at like mile 11. And I was like, I'm not looking down at that because yep. it was all uphill and seeing yep. like a 745 or whatever yep. it is on my yep. watch is going to F with my head. Right. Yeah. Um, and I didn't look at it and I looked at it afterwards and it was pretty much what I assumed it probably <laughs> yeah. was, you right. know? Right. But you didn't really know, you know, so you could keep going, you know. But had I looked at the time, I might have been like, oh, I can't speed back up to a 705. I just ran a 745, you know. But I I did. And I think it's because I wasn't kind of like letting that get in my head as much, just like you were saying. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so if you could have coffee or cocktail with anyone fun, who would it be? Here's the thing. I'm, like, not into, like, famous people. I mean, it'd be cool to have, like, coffee or beer with, like, any good runner. I'm more into, like, athletes than anything. Mm. But I feel like that's kind of attainable. Like, runners are cool people. I mean, if I run into Meb at a coffee shop, I bet he'd have a coffee with me. Not because who I am, but because that's how he is, you know. Mm. So this might be weird, but one thing I would just love to do is have, like, my family that grew up in my house, my four siblings, and my parents and no spouses and no Aww. kids. I love all of them. But just like have us all like have coffee or beer. I don't care what we have. And just like chill and have it be like the old days, you know, like mm-hmm. how cool is that? Because we don't like I could get a babysitter and go out with my sister, you know, like my sister doesn't live close to me. But, you know, I could make that happen like with a few people. But for your whole family to like coordinate yeah. that. It, like, never happens. And how special would it be to just, like, be like your old family again, you know? Like, I don't know. I think it'd be cool, so. Yeah, somebody's spouse is always going to be party crashing. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. (laughs) I would totally, like, Jeff and I are super independent. We love being together. We love doing things separately. He'd be like, sure, go for it. But, you know, not it. I just feel like it wouldn't work out. And with kids, they're in the picture now, you know. I do. I You do give off that vibe. Like, I feel that from you, that you're super independent of each other in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we totally are. We have very, like, we come together in the right ways, you know, but we both, like, just let each other, like, live our lives the way we want. And it's really, it's nice. Like, we both trust, not like people who spend a lot of time together don't trust each other, but we just trust that, like, each person is doing things the way that they want to do them. Like, we're both living our best lives, you know, and then we come together to, like, for the important things, you know, um, like we always have dinner together, obviously. And we, um, plan special trips where we're, we spend like lots of time. Like if Jeff and I go away, we spend lots of quality time together and it's so nice and wonderful. And we laugh so hard. And I'm like, Oh man, like the worst thing in life is that like, we don't have enough time to spend, like, you know, like just everything like gets in the way. But, um, I don't know. I feel like it works really well that way. Cause when we are together, it's just like, really awesome and we catch each other up with like you know hopes and dreams and thoughts and it's cool so isn't that interesting I always whenever Glenn and I get away I always feel like that's when we that's what we talk about yeah what's the next big thing and it's like you know a lot of times recently it's like me running my mouth about like what I want to do with my podcast and all that but it's like it's almost like when you have no sound of the kids and other Mm -hmm. things it's like okay Let's get down to business. What can we talk about? What can we dream about? And I love the way you said that. Um, All right. If you had one message to send to the world, what would it be? It's a deep one. Yeah, I know. My, My answer is like not too deep, but like just love each other and be kind. You know, there's like that quote about, you know, being kind because you never know like the battle someone is facing. Mm-hmm. And that's so true. If everyone just tried to be like a little kinder, like this person around you is a good person. I mean, not everyone's a good person, but almost everyone is a really good person. And like, try to give people the benefit of the doubt. They might be having the worst day ever, you know, and they're not like the way they're treating you is not bad. It is not like how they would normally be, you know. Um, so, yeah. Don't take things too personally and let it ruin your day. Yeah. 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 And just assume like, okay, maybe that person's not having a good day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What are you loving right now? So (laughs) I am like 
super late to the game with podcasts, but I have been listening to podcasts for about a year. And like, aside from yours and like a few other like running ones, I love two dope queens <gasps> and I'm too. sure, okay, I'm like everyone in the world already knows this, but I just found out about it. It's such a release from like daily life and like kids bop kids and everything <laughs> I'm listening to. And it's like, I don't listen around the kids, you know, cause you it's super yeah. raunchy, yeah. not safe for work, not safe for kids. But it is so hilarious. I mean, that, ah, CBS um, are so talented and like are. so amazing. And I love comedy. Like I love that show Last Comic Standing. I don't know if that's on, but from whenever way back when I used to watch TV, like yeah, it it's you know, I like comedy and I like when things get a little raunchy, like, mm-hmm. you know, I just love it. I I love that you said that because I love them so much and you're right. They are so talented and I'm like I want to be that funny. Like, they just know what to say, I when know. to say it. They have really good chemistry, too. They do. And usually I don't like a podcast that has, like, two uh-huh. people. I like a single person. I feel like the banter is annoying. In fact, there's, like, a popular running one that I can't listen to because I'm like, it's so annoying. Like, stop talking. Yeah. To stop talking, I want to hear, like, the guests. I, yeah. I don't want to hear you two chat too much. You know, there's, like, yeah. a nice intro, but it gets old but anyway okay I have more things that I'm loving though okay so like um there are these two local Pennsylvania beers and I know this is super basic but I'm really into IPAs um so Shoe Brew it's like S-H-U-B-R-E-W they have a Jungle Boo IPA that is so good and they're Mm. local PA (laughs) and this Pizza Boy Brewing Company is also a local Pennsylvania um, brewery and their beer is so good. And it's like comes in cans, you know, I can feel like a hipster, although I'm uh-huh. just normal, like 36 year old mom, <laughs> you know, like, it's so, I love it. It's so good. So I'm actually gonna, um, going out to have, uh, some beer tonight and hopefully I will have at least pizza boy, if not some shoe brew. It depends what they have on tap, but, um, will you guys take the kids or is this a date night? This will be with the kids because it's this awesome place. It's our, um, it's like we are regulars at this place. It's loud and family friendly. Mm. It's called Seas Six Packs and Dogs. And they have like hot dogs, hamburgers. They have salads as well. When I'm trying to be healthy, I get the salad. Or like if I haven't had enough greens, I'll get like a salad. Um, and yeah, they have awesome beer. And they give you a pint of beer. Like it doesn't matter if it's 11% alcohol. You know how <laughs> they're like, here's a little like baby sniffer. Like here's a little baby cup of this because it's high alcohol. Uh-huh. No, These, they give you a pint of whatever you order and it's affordable and it's awesome and it's loud and they have lollipops for the kids. And, um, like, yeah, we love it. We bring our kids. We usually go with another family, um, who is also, obs- they're also obsessed and we all just like hang out and the kids entertain each other and we all like sit back and relax. So it's like my little celebration for my long run today. Um, okay. Follow up with you saying you're meeting, uh, fr- f- another family there. Um, yeah. and this is going off topic with our end of the podcast questions, but <laughs> you said you guys are going on a big family trip. Oh yes. But I want to know, like, so you said you've recorded recruited like three or four other families yeah. to okay to go that have yeah do you want to come with us i do <laughs> honestly because like this is my hope and dream to like because we have like several different groups of friends with kids but like 
I need to find like the perfect like mix of people that we do things like this with. You know what I mean? Yes. So, okay. We have like best friends who the wife is my best friend. The husband is Jeff's best friend. The son, the older son is in uh, school with in Curry's class. The younger son is in Wells's class. And then they don't have a baby to match Riles, but they are awesome to vacation with. And we know because we've been on like a adults only vacation with them. Mm -hmm. You know, you always got to test it out. And it went like awesome. So it was so good. We laughed. We had so much fun. So we are like, man, we got to do that again. Maybe something with the families though. So they found super cheap. You know, you can get to Mexico for so cheap certain times of the year. They found cheap like flights and a cheap like all-inclusive resort. Not cheap where you're like afraid that you're drinking like rubbing alcohol, but like, cheap (laughs) as in this is like reasonably priced like pretty much like most people who can afford a vacation like anyone who can afford a vacation can afford to do this sure so they were like we're doing this let's do it so we were like in immediately we all booked everything right away then we like jokingly brought it up to another friend who has a kid our oldest kid's age and they were like yes (gasps) and we're like what okay so then We, again, kind of jokingly, like, of course, seriously, but, you know, we're like, you should come to Mexico with us. And this other family who has a kid who's a year older than Curry and then a kid who's in class with Wells, they say yes. So we have four families now. That's amazing. And the more the merrier. So Lindsay, you and Glenn and the boys would totally have, like, little friends. The kids, like, truly play like they don't care about adults when they're all having fun with kids their age I mean they do everyone wants their parents at some point but it's gonna be like I don't know I'm just calling it it's gonna be the best vacation that it could be with with kids kids. (laughs) yes I love that so much the only the only reservations I have with vacations like that is like well I mean Riles is only 18 months it's like man Russ is only one I just feel like until they're at least like kind of verbal it's like oh my gosh tell me what you want but you can't talk yet I know Um, well here's the thing though Riles now I don't know if this is like rings true everywhere but Riles thinks he's like six (laughs) he this morning, I put him in my friend's car because he wanted to get in. And I, like, jokingly put him in a booster seat. And I said, bye, have fun. And he thought – he smiled. He thought he was going home with them. And when I took him out of the car, he was screaming. <laughs> he thinks he's, like, a big kid who will just do whatever. When we have, like, play dates, Riles is nowhere to be found. He wants to be with the big kids. So we will have to watch him, like, closely right, because like there the are water pools. And, yeah. Yeah. But – um. And then the one dad is like, oh, I'll watch the kids all day because I'm going to party all night. So I'm like, well, are you really going to watch the kids all day? Because this could get very interesting. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's not going to be like stress-free, but it's going to be like, I think, the most relaxing that any vacation as a family could be. So we'll see. I'm calling that now, but we shall see. Maybe uh, I will eat my words later. Well, um, and I always say on vacations like that, not we haven't done one yet, but I'm like, there needs to be a night where like the guys take all the, or like a late afternoon or something, yes. the guys take yep. all the kids and the girls get yep. away and then vice versa. Oh, so you do get alone. That'll time. happen. That will definitely happen. So this same group of people, like the, the guys do a book club, which That's do cute. you know what book club is? It's not reading books. It's reading the menu oh. at our <laughs> And the guys get together. So, and then the girls also do like a night 
like the girls will go out one night and the guys will go out a different night. So we already have that like set up into our friend group. So that will surely happen. Okay. Um, well, and, yeah. send me the deets and yeah. um, the Heinz. Oh my gosh. You should totally the Heinz will join. Just like, <laughs> if that's like not, that'll be like the best thing that's ever come out of this podcast is if I show up for the, the family vacay. Um, <laughs> seriously. Okay. So what's the best, most recent book you've read? Moving right oh along. God. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I read dark matter. Oh, uh, okay. Blake Croucher. However you say his last name. That was so good. I mean, it's just like a page turner and not something I'd usually pick up. Um, and I'm currently reading wild. Oh, so I'm doing this thing where I'm trying to read, um, two books a month in 2017 or average that. So I want to read 24 books this year. And unfortunately I'm super far behind, but I am, I have completed 12 books, which is more than I have completed probably ever in my life, like 12 books this year. It's a big number for me. And especially like with the age of, and the, uh, yeah, everything in my kids like this is a huge accomplishment so I'm currently reading wild um oh, oh by Cheryl, by, Cheryl yeah yeah and this is so cool I put this out into the universe not to sound weird again but I put it out into the universe that I was going to find wild in a little free library there are like probably I don't know six of them within a half mile of my house like in different directions so, but I had my heart set on this one little free library where I thought the book would just show up one day. I've been saying this for like three months. The other day I walked by, guess what was in the little free library? Wild. Dude. So it's mine. I put it out there and it came to me. So, um, yeah, I now have that book and I'm reading it. It's great, but I'm only, you know, 20 pages in. And you have a career as a psychic in the future I know seriously no I don't know about that but it is funny you know a lot of times I'll say like this is gonna happen yeah, and then it yeah. does. that's too funny <sighs> I love those free little libraries I tried to donate a bunch of books to one the other day and it was like full to the brim and I was oh, like oh. okay I guess I'm gonna have to find the next one then um yeah. and I actually did drive by one yesterday that was nearly empty so now I know where I need to take my books okay. yep. um and then last question what's one of your favorite nonprofits to support Okay, so I love to um, just donate to like people I know for, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, they're running um, fundraising or, sure. you know, whatever, someone who's like, my mother has this and, you know, I appreciate donations. So that, but, um, oh my gosh, for like people who want to um, like declutter, get rid of things they don't wear, I am so in love with the VVA, the Vietnam Veterans of America, how they just come and like pick up the stuff from your front step. So it's like pickupplease.org. And I don't know like anything about, I guess I should have like looked up what it's, you know, like more about the company, but I know that I can donate like anything I want. I mean, not like electronics that don't work or things like that but any like clothing that we haven't worn in six months anything um that like a toy that my kids aren't playing with and I just want it out of my house and it to go to a good home baby clothes that I don't want to store anymore I just put it in a box check this little date you know I want someone to come tomorrow at um you know tomorrow I guess I can't say a time and I put it out on my front porch and they take it away Mm. are you are you getting rid of your baby clothes? Uh, yes, uh, most of it. I have sentimental things that I keep, but 
The thing is, like, when you have three kids, you literally have every toy and every article of clothing. And if I don't have any more kids, someone should be using these things while they're still. Yeah. Yeah. And even if I would have more kids, like, people are going to buy me clothes. Like, that's just what people do. So, and you don't need very much. People think you need a things you don't need very much so I have sentimental things that I keep I have things that are like oh man if I ever had another kid I would want them to wear that but most things I'm like you know what another baby needs this more than it needs to be stored in my attic totally yes and actually um with Russ our third I like somewhere there's a box of 12 month clothes somewhere like I have no idea where it's at and so he like literally rotates between like four different things and I'm like that's fine I do laundry every day anyway so it's nice I know when this is so awesome too like when we travel over the summer I pack 10 outfits yeah half of them are for like colder weather because we're changing climates and half of them are for Mm -hmm. warmer weather and I'm like it is so nice to just have what can fit in a couple suitcases people like how do you pack for that long of a trip and I'm like I just pack for a few days. We do laundry along the way, and it's so much less to worry about. Yeah, it's so true. I recently did that minimalist challenge where I was getting rid of one thing per the day of the week. So then by the time you get to, like, day 23, you're, like, getting rid of 23 things, and the next day, 24 things. And, I mean, I cleared out so much crap, and there is – and I'm not a hoarder. Like, I'm I'm not one that holds on to things, but there's still so much crap. Oh, and you just feel so good. Like you feel yeah. so good because like someone else is using it. It's not sitting in your house looking at you like pick me up. Like even though your kid just dumped that whole basket of things that they never really play with, you know, it's like, oh, now someone is truly playing with that stuff, you know? Yes. So nice. I mean, I literally was getting rid of like bikinis I wore when I was 17. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, why, yeah. And someone who wears those. Yeah. I know. Why did I have that? That's so funny. That's like, that is truly one of the more recent things I've gotten rid of. Like, I'm never going to wear this bikini again. Why do I own this? I wore this in high school. Yeah. Like, even if I'm like in the best shape of my life, like my body is different Different. and that is never going to work. Exactly. I know. Oh, man. Okay, Jen. Well, enjoy your beer tonight and your dinner with your family. Thank you. Send me the vacation details and we'll get that booked immediately. And um, you, I have to tell you, you have been one of my most requested guests. So I'm so excited oh to get this out there. That you really have. crazy. And I am honored. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Okay. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening today. Wasn't Jen so fun? I knew she would be. You guys can follow me on Instagram, lindsayhine626. You can find me on Twitter, at lindsayhine. And you can find me on Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. We also have a group where we have a book club going. Who's doing the book club? We are reading How Bad Do You Want It by Matt Fitzgerald. A great book for mental strength and toughness heading into these fall marathons. Hey, congrats. Speaking of that, congratulations to everybody who ran Chicago this weekend. I know there were a few of you, or probably a good handful of you, who listened. So I want to say congratulations to everybody who got out there and ran the 26.2. I know know it wasn't uh, a very cool day for October, but great job, everybody. All right, I want to thank Generation You Can. You guys go to generationyoucan.com slash another and use the promo code ANOTHER, all caps, to get 15% off your next order. I want to thank the Donna Marathon. You guys use the promo code LINDSAY15 to get 15% off your entry there. And I want to thank Zappos for supporting this podcast. All right, you guys, have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful weekend. And as always, I'll see you next Friday.